beginning transmission 126, Southern Bastards, file under sports ball. This week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. Ignorance. ドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリン
I, yeah. I would have at least prevented you from buying something that fucking stupid, like, to be honest with you. But, well, there uh, was our neighbors downstairs that took that big old car subwoofer and hooked it up to their TV. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And then we had the opera, the uh, Utah opera people staying there over the summer. Yep. And my buddy Josh, he had this good subwoofer, and they would bitch nonstop about him playing his music too loud, which he was. But the one day they came out, I was like, we need to see this. Josh had sent his stereo back in to get warranty serviced. Uh-huh. So he had these like little tin can speakers, and they're like, this is your stereo system? And Josh is like, yeah, this is my stereo system. And then the front <laughs> office proceeded to ignore the uh, opera singer sitting up there for the rest of the summer. And I worked for that opera company, and those opera singers were fuckers, so they should have ignored them anyway. Oh, yeah. Wow. All right. of fuckers. Hey, we're yes. here. Hey! Um, I'm more of a fuck him. <laughs> you don't even know what he looks like. <laughs> I put you. He's asleep in the bedroom right now. I'm very sure I know what it looks like. There you go. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh, so welcome to episode 126 of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. This is the second book in our sports ball uh, month. We go are sports! Doing go team go! Sports. This is football week, kids. Football. Um, football. The it's football. Football. The foosball. The foosball. No. Oh, no. The foosball. The foosball is the devil. The devil. So we have the devil himself, Mr. Adam. <laughs> Actually, I've been going by blue-haired faggot recently, so... Yeah. Um, is that your yeah. blues name? <clears throat> that, that is. That's my blues name. Jesus. <clears throat> uh, what's up, imagine, man? Hold on. Can you imagine being, like, a musical artist, like a rap artist, and going on tour as that name, and just watching promoters be like, excuse me, what? <laughs> <laughs> we can't say that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a tribal deafness here. Speak a little louder next time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, what's up? I'm the reviews editor for Big Shiny Robot. I also do stuff with the Board as Hell podcast, sometimes with Andy Wilson. Hi, Hi sometimes Andy. Andy. Hey, sometimes Andy. Uh, also over on Cinema Queens with our good friend Chris. Uh, Hi, Chris. Chris. Uh, and aside from that, you can find me driving around and doing shit and also curating our Grinder Scruff and Types of the Z account. Mm-hmm. Also find me on uh, in, uh, on Twitter uh, at Sithbot, S-I-T-H-B-O-T underscore. So, with the nickname you're going by, you need to figure out how to put, like, guy in there and work so you can be the BFG. The BFG? <laughs> That'd be pretty tight. The blue faggot gay. The blue faggot gay. I w- I'm, I'm going to go with the blue fucking gay. The blue yeah. fucking gay, yeah. There you go. The, the, blue fa- the blue fairy gay. Blue fairy gay. Actually, what's really funny is, though, I, I played Doom when it first came out, like, way back yeah. in the 90s, because my pastor played it I remember. so I was allowed. I remember. I remember. Uh, remember. That was the same pastor who went to jail for hundreds of years for molesting kids. Uh-huh. Uh, but my parents let me play it because the pastor was playing it. And <laughs> uh, the big gun in the game back then was called the BMG. And I had no clue that stood for it. The big fucking gun. I learned that later on. So I also just learned in the last year or so that it's pronounced quinoa, not quinoa. So. Yes. Or how about four divorces? Actually, no, I knew about horse stupers. I knew about Wardeurs. I didn't know about uh, Enwe. I thought it was Enwa. Or Enwe. 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 See, I said it wrong. Enwe sounds like a multi level marketing scheme. <laughs> it really does. Well, we aren't Utah. It's true. But that's for uh, 90th South and further down that's there. True. That's the line, as 90th South is the headquarters down there. Currently selling for Onway, we have Mr. Maya. Hey, hey I'm Maya. Hey, uh, I'm a Maya. Hey, hey. hey. it's a me, I'm uh, Maya. Catch me on Twitter at Mr. Maya. That's M R M I A H, or Instagram at the Mr. Maya. Let's talk about things. It'll be lovely. But just things now. Just things. I would share my things. tongue. It doesn't even have to be geeky things. Just whatever. I'll talk to you. Smart things. I would share my Tumblr, but it's all just porn. Like hardcore gay porn. I remember so. going to those gay sites with you. No, what was that? No, it wasn't me. Was that Brian? We were over here. You had made some comment to a gay website, so I typed no, it. No, I in. wasn't there for that. Oh, it was, bad, it was bad puppy. Yeah, bad puppy. Yeah, because we were there. Yeah, bad puppy. Bad, bad puppy. Oh, bad puppy. Dot com. Yeah. Don't do that, Maya. <laughs> Turn safe search off. <laughs> it's never on. <laughs> This is never on. It's Mr. Todd. Why, hello there. (laughs) I never let anyone look at my phone. Hi, I'm Todd. You can find me here on the (coughs) Funny Books and Firewater podcast as a co-panelist. 
And I'm also on English Class Hooligans with our producer here, Brian, and my better half, Amy. Hi, better half, Amy. Hi. Hey. Oh, there's a tick. Hey. <laughs> do, I, do I want to click on Enter Bad Puppy? No. Yes, well, maybe is. he does. So, and we now have Mr. Maya talking <laughs> about things. It's going to say Tan France. Tan France. From Queer Eye. I don't know Tan France from Queer Eye. <gasps> See the Salt Lake one? Yes. Okay. I'm familiar with Salt Lake. But yeah, that's me. See me in Salt Lake. Come say hi. I'm familiar with Salt Lake. The city you <laughs> currently are in. I'm familiar with it. <laughs> I'm familiar. I remember. I remember. I remember. Uh, okay, and hey, I'm Brian. I'm a sound designer based in Southern California. And, uh, <laughs> don't, I, don't sound so thrilled. <laughs> Yes. Uh, By here in Salt Lake, we drive on the I-15 and the Bangator and the 201. Todd was giving me shit about the fact that I say duh in front of all the freeways because I live in California. That's how you're supposed to say it. Because I say it the same way. That's how you can tell we're from California because we say it the right way. It's the I-15. It's the 215. It's the Bangator. It's the Redwood Road. What is this shit? The problem is I've done that enough around my... No, what what is this the shit? That's true. Mr. Meyer will be here next week and then he'll do the same thing from here on out. You need to do that because it's funny. Anyway, also, there's a you can find it on YouTube, I'm sure. There is a Saturday Night Live sketch called uh, The Californians, and basically it's a soap opera, and they just argue about directions as to where to get places and how bad the traffic's going to be. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, we are doing the sports ball this week uh, with the football. Um, this is a book that the Mr. Myers probably for a year tried to get me to read, I am sure. And when I finally read it, I really dug it. So when we decided to do some sports ball, I said, well, we're going to do some Southern Bastards. That's right. Like Jason Aaron and Jason Latort. Jason Aaron, I know, he did uh, Scalped. Scalped? He did, he's, uh, he's doing the, the, the run of uh, – well, he was doing the run of uh, – He wrote he's, – he's written Thor for many years. He is still he writing He Star Thor. Wars books when they first started. He uh, He's currently also writing Avengers. Mm-hmm. He's, he's he kind of looks like Thor. He's yeah. done it all. Uh, Jason Latour, I wasn't familiar with, or Latour. Jason Latour, Jason Latour uh, created Spider Man. Oh, did he? Okay. Yep. Latour. Latour. I kept calling him Latour. I, I, I added the T, and I don't know why. There's no, there's no T in it. La Croix, La Croix, darling, La Croix, <laughs> La Quinoa, La Quinoa, La Quinoa. Uh, so, of course, if we're going to be reading a book on this show, we need <laughs> drinking games. And now for sports. Listen up, sports fans. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. Remember, it's only a game, and a dumb one at that. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. That sounds like you've already started. I know, you're having a good time. I'm claiming nothing. Mr. Todd, what is your drinking game rule? Every time the coach is an asshole, (laughs) you need to take a drink. Do you have a name for it? Just like high school. Just like high school. Put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. Yes. But every time, the dude's like, wow. What if I mistyped that as put it in me, coach? <laughs> put it in me, coach. So you're not a priest. So you mean, so you mean any time he opens his mouth? Sure. Pretty much. We're having a good time here. Adam was going to do the same one as me, and then he was nice enough to come up with a second drinking game rule. So what, actually, Adam, why don't you go with yours then? So mine is called... Uh, I'm not a teenager, but I play one on TV. Uh, every time you see someone who's supposed to be a teenager, but they look like they're in their 30s and messed out. Okay. Um, That's just called Southern High School. They get held back. <laughs> so they're bigger. It's also called uh, How You End Up With 30 Olds Playing College Football for BYU. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that's because they keep failing sixth grade. That's true, too. Uh, so mine is uh, Adam was going to call it speak softly and carry a big stick I call mine I got wood which is whenever someone gets hit by by the stick or a baseball bat take a drink and Mr. Maya what is your drinking game rule mine's called you ain't from around here Uh, basically anytime someone in town tells Earl that he needs to leave or get out of town uh, take a drink get her done get her done it took our gerbs. Took our gerbs. Took our gerbs. Okay. So, okay. So, should we try to do the votes the same way we did the last time, even though it was a failure the last time? Well, we're all voted the exact same time. 
Sure. Okay. Do it. Okay. So on the count of three, uh, we will all state yes or no, whether or not we believe that it is worth you, our dear listeners, hard-earned time and money and effort to go hunt this book down and read it and uh, all that stuff. So, or it's, it's free on Comicsology Unlimited. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, however you want to consume said book, whether or not we believe it is worth your time to do so. Uh, so uh, on the count of three, one, two, three. Yes. Yes. No. I'm just kidding. It's yes. I was like, and that was the time I was like, that was definitely Maya saying no, and I'm calling bullshit on that one. Well, cool. So, Mr. Maya, since you're the one who got me into this, is there anything that people should know going into this? No. I mean, it's a volume one yeah. of, a, of a whole series, so you don't really need to know anything. The book will tell you exactly what you need to know. Uh, just know that it's it's set in the South and, and deals with uh, an older gentleman going back home for the first time in a long time, and uh, the shittiness of, of what some small towns in the South can be. I'm not going to say all, because I'm from the South, and not all small towns are shitty towns, but yeah. Well, it also doesn't necessarily so be the saying, South. Yeah. Sure, they, there's true. shittiness everywhere. So, you done did a good job, A.A. Ron. Well, as I was talking about something similar with uh, my brother-in-law who lives in Texas, and he was talking about the small towns where if you, you know uh-huh. you lose the season, suddenly your house catches on fire and the fire department's too busy to come help put it out. You know. Yes. As well, it should be. <laughs> uh, That's how it goes. You know, because the football is more important. I, the thing that always cracked me up. I don't know if this happened to anybody else, but the thing that always cracked me up is is so I grew up. Mormon. I'm obviously not a good Mormon now, although that is apparently a derogatory term, as I learned last week. Um, Mormon, please. Mormon, please. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, there were some people that I went to church with who, if BYU lost on Saturday, they would not show up to church on Sunday. And I'm like, you really think God gives a flying fuck about football or basketball now? Whatever the case I is. saw one meme. It was just this, like, how do you think you're doing? He's like, well, I'd like to blame God for my loss of this football game today. <laughs> no, They're it's like, a, blaming it, God. It reminds me of that George Carlin bit where he's talking about how come, you know, God's always mentioned when a, when a sports team wins, never mentioned when they lose. <laughs> nah, never, you never, you never hear a quarterback saying, "Oh, God tripped me up behind the line of scrimmage." <laughs> yes, you know. God does that though, because he's a bastard. She is. Oh, she is. That's right. That's true. Uh-huh. As played by Alanis Morissette, or may exactly. actually be Alanis Morissette. You never know. It still could be. I've Alanis never seen the two Morissette. of them in the same room. So a valid point. That's right. I'm not saying that she is God. It's just we've. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that that's the only option I can think of at this point. That's, that's right. Logic I would mean, dictate. Who else could it be? What? Could be a 93 year old man. Could be. It could be Stan yeah. Lee. We'll never know. He's, yeah, he's still kicking it. Yeah. See, I'm just saying. Right. It could be. Yeah, someone stole his blood. I found that a fascinating little... That, yeah. that was fucking thing. weird, man. That was odd. So, sorry, Stan. That's fucked up. It is fucked up. Should we Should we go to break and let, let yeah. the listeners read the book and then come back and talk about it? Is that what you would like to do, Maya? Sure. You sure? I'm just... I, no, I want to make not. sure you're comfortable with it. Are you going to be okay with yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. Well, so Maya says we should go to break, so we're going to let you read this book. Okay, let's go to break. Well, what does Pork think? <laughs> I never should have, like, said them drink your bowls, because now you guys are, like, trying to, like, milk them all. <laughs> See, Pork members, we should go to break. Fine, then. We're going to go to break, and uh, we will... <laughs> I got nothing. We'll, we'll discuss this when we get back, I guess. Right. I'm gonna have a stern well, talk. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We never said it. Oh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we did. What, huh? what did we miss? I'm tired and I have a headache. I thought we we didn't give our votes as to whether we should read it or not, and then I realized we did. Don't don't. We mind did. Me. While I was sitting CDA, yeah. we gave that vote. Don't mind me. Are you no um, longer sitting CDA? Oh yeah, I am. Well, He's I actually just, inched closer. I am. Oh. I inched back and forth. I've got my wallet on my left high knee, and I'm trying to not go numb buns. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best album title. <laughs> Number one is coming to Warped Tour next year. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. I got my wallet on my hiney and I'm not well, trying to go numb buns. I got my wallet well, in my, my left hiney and I'm trying not to go numb That's buns. why I've been inching over, you know, as you reposition yourself. 
It's like I got my mind on my money and my money on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> got my oh, wallet on my money and my money on my mind. <laughs> oh, my head hurts, but it's so funny. Ow. <laughs> that album's coming out and next got, year, ladies and gentlemen. I can use many of my both hands and give you a shoulder rub. Drink. Now, you just need to say that in a German accent, and you got almost everything in there. I know. Y'all have a drink. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to have a stern talking to these gentlemen, with these gentlemen, you know, about trying to hey, kill our listeners know. with the drinking game. Rat bastards. Okay, we'll see you on the flip side. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. When you have kids, it's almost impossible to find time to catch up on all your geeky obsessions. Comic books, TV, movies, games. We get it. Geek Parenting Podcast understands your pain and we are here for you. We're geeky parents just like you and we come together once a week to talk about what it's like to raise your little geeklings while staying true to your fandoms. New episodes every week. Find Geek Parenting Podcast wherever you consume your podcasts. Follow us on social media at Geek Parenting Podcast. Sorry, Stefan. Yeah, we're back and we're, we're rolling. <laughs> Where are we rolling to? We're rolling on the river like the football players. So yeah, My so God. this is a book. <laughs> I can't keep going up for very long. But it's, it's, but it's not a big. It's not a big. No, it, it has the pictures in it. The bookie pictures. The bookie pictures. So this is the perfect. This is a perfect book for the people portrayed in it. I'll be honest with you, there's some bigger words than the people who are portrayed in this could probably read, to be honest with you. They use them fancy $10 words. They do use them fancy $10 words. Okay, well, who wants to do a quick summary of this? Uh, Earl comes back to town. Uh-huh. He's old, old man. Earl Tub. Earl, he's been gone since uh, the Vietnam War when he left home because he hated his father, who was a sheriff, and who used to beat people up with a, a bat, kind of like Negan does. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he comes back because his dad died a long time ago, and the guy who was living there is now in assisted living. So his plan is just to get all the shit out of the house and get out of town. Uh, he ends up getting involved in some shenanigans. The coach of the football team is doing evil things. and He's basically like the crime, crime lord. The crime boss. Yeah. And he's got the kids on the football team doing all his dirty work. Uh, he, Earl steps in to stop this guy from getting killed, beats up the kids. Uh, in the in this diner, like it's a barbecue place, like throws up a fire full of oil. One of his hand beats him up with the fryer basket, uh, and then he's like, "Nope, fuck, I'm gonna go home." There. Uh, so there's also a little kid who lives next door who's been coming over to his house to watch TV. Because um, his mom mom doesn't let him touch the devil's yeah, TV, the, the right. TV, whatever. And the kid is sort of trying to defend Earl because Earl's been nice to him. Uh, the the gangsters beat up end up beating up the little kid, which is sort of the last straw for Earl. Which the gangsters are uh, current and former football, football players, players yeah. for the coach. Yeah. So and the coach also owns a uh, a barbecue restaurant. Owns a, owns a barbecue restaurant that he beat the kids up in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he uh, so he basically decides that he's going to take it out and like he's going to finish this off. And so he ends up getting um, a light a tree that's struck by lightning, and he takes the stick off of that and is going to go beat up beat everybody up. Um, if that hasn't already happened, that happens at some point in time in there. And then uh, the 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 actual the bat that the police that the Earl's dad when he was a cop used to use to beat people up, is actually in the uh, restaurant. And so he they end up fighting. And the coach beats the fuck out of him and kills him. Yeah, and the coach kills him yep. in broad daylight right there on the sidewalk. And then, um, and throughout the entire book, Earl's been calling and leaving voicemail messages for you're not quite sure who it is. And then you find out at the very end, after Earl's dead, you finally see that it's his daughter who's been away in the military, who finally got all of his voicemails, and uh, she is calling and you know saying that she's going to be coming home. So that leads you into the next book, Mr. Adams. Since you hadn't read this before, what uh, what are your thoughts? So actually, I, I had read the first two issues. Remember when this first came out, uh, I had some friends who were saying, like, you need to go read this book. It's fantastic. It's amazing. And I would have read more of it, but just back when I had, like, 50 comics in my hold. So mm-hmm. I didn't you know, I didn't have time to go through and read all of them that I wanted to. And actually, all these comics found a home with the Watchtower Cafe. Hopefully made it to some soldiers overseas who can read some comics. Uh, I liked it a lot, actually. I think it's a, it's a really engaging, interesting story. I'm not from the South, so I'm not as familiar. I, I obviously understand the draw of you know Friday, Friday Night Lights, like in Texas and everywhere else where your high school football games are the biggest deal. And I thought it was kind of interesting that the, the main bad guy is the coach of this team, and that the whole, in a sense, because the whole town loves the team so much that they'll let him do whatever he wants. Like, you know, 
Earl tries to go to the cops, and the cops are like, oh, well, you know, you know, like, you have proof, proof that these guys went out there and killed someone. He's like, oh, mm-hmm. well, did you see it? He's like, well, no, but he showed up dead and was, like, pointing at them, saying they did it, and, like, you're not going to believe him. And it just shows the power that one person can have in a small-town mentality where, oh, because, you know, he's running this thing well, we can let him do what he wants, and then everyone ends up fearing him. So it was kind of, like, fun to see kind of like a Sopranos godfatherish thing, but put down, like, in the Deep South where we don't really have much mafia. experience with that. Mafia, mm-hmm. like a mafia in the Deep South. <clears throat> and I loved the fact that Earl died at the end because you go in, you don't expect that. And I, I'm, I'm a big fan of stories that end with unhappy endings because right. we always expect that they'll be happily ever after, blah, 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 this and that, and you don't get that at all mm-hmm. with this story. Uh, and so that was really interesting. Like, and I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens now, the fact that the person he was calling the whole time was his daughter. I assume it was like his wife or something like that. And then yeah. she, she was also... Uh not the same color skin as him. No, she's not. So yes. obviously he either married which, or which was... when when she shows shows up, that's probably going to cause an issue in uh, in that town. Exactly, yeah. and and I want to see you know she's she's in the army or the marines or something. So is she special forces? Does she have any kind of skills that would help her get revenge on her father? Is she even going to try to get revenge? Is she as much father? of a badass as her father? <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, uh, he died, so hopefully she's more badass than he was. <laughs> Uh, but it was cool. I, I like the the kind of turn where, as Maya mentioned, it was his daughter was a person of color, so obviously his wife or someone he was with kind of blew away the the stereotype of, of racism. Well, not stereotype, but the, the racism we see inherent in in a lot of uh, well, a lot of America, but also the South. And I do kind of want to see where this goes. I don't know if I'm going to rush out immediately and get the next trade, uh, but I this I can see now why everyone was saying like you need to read this book. Why it's so important and. You know, even friends who lived in like you know kind of south of Salt Lake, you know Utah, growing up down there, they mm-hmm. said there's a lot of similarities from small town USA right. to maybe not quite as systemic racism as is in this book, or that we're assuming is going to come from this book. But I don't know. It was interesting. It, it took me places I didn't know where it was going to go, and that's always exciting when I can read something and not know what the next page is going to bring. Yeah. As of right now, there are four volumes. Yeah. So I the think fourth one just came 20. out a few weeks ago as we record this. So, and, and that would bring you current because there have only been 20 issues. Uh, this book's been going on for a little while. Uh, it it kind of runs at the pace of, uh, you know, Jason Aaron and Jason Latour both are doing, like, Marvel work and other busy. stuff. So it's kind of as they can work on it together. Um, that way it's not rushed, and that way they both get to keep working on it. But uh, The beauty it's and worth terrible thing of an Image Comics right there. Yeah. You could also tell he's from Marvel because the uh, trades are four-issue trades. They're a little bit shorter. Uh, I wouldn't really say that's a Marvel thing. I mean, Marvel's usually six issues. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That's probably just because it's probably easier for them to do four issues at a time. And I would assume they wait until they have a four arc. issue arc done and then they publish it. That makes sense. Too. But uh, and that's just me speculating. I don't sure. know for sure. But uh, I also really like. Uh, at the beginning, uh, there's actually a couple of notes from Jason Aaron and Jason Latour. Mm-hmm. And Jason Aaron talks about growing up in the South, and he talks about how he loves it, but the South is also a terrifying place at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Especially if you're not part of the uh, inn. And then I like at the back, I can't remember if it was his grandmother or his mother, but there's a... Uh, there's a recipe for fried apple pie. recipe for yeah, fried apple pie. Uh-huh. A lot of butter, I'm sure. <laughs> All the butter. All a lot of butter. Butter. That's all right. It. Yeah. Got to um, get all that water moisture out, so you got to get the butter in. The other thing um, that is kind of fun that I like personally because I'm a fan of the Carolina Panthers, uh, there's a player on the Carolina Panthers actually writes the forward for the second volume of the, the second trade, which is kind of on. interesting as well. Yeah, which I thought was pretty cool. That's cool. Um, so. Actually, so, so it's uh, Betty Aaron, Jason's mom, uh-huh. her recipe, and there's no butter. No butter? Four medium-sized apples, peeled and sliced. Half cup of sugar, uh, quarter teaspoon of ground allspice. A third cup shortening. Two cups of self-rising flour and two thirds cup, two thirds of a cup of cold water. Oh, they're just using shortening right there. All right. But, no, I do love it. It's um, the art itself is quite um, emotional and whatnot. It's raw. graphic and chunky and raw, but it really um gets the attitudes across and everything else and talk about I mean there's nothing that says craggled old man through a Picasso lens like this book does I really <clears> oh yeah definitely 
um, Mr. Latour's art on this. But yeah, I did. I was reading up. Jason grew up in Alabama, where this is located, and so it's probably not exactly like where he grew up, but I'm sure tonally and everything else, it just has this ring of truth and authenticity to it that is um, quite refreshing. And it's not like you've got this, some New York writer trying to pretend what it is to be down south. Yeah. Um, I really like that the first thing that you see in the book is a dog taking a big old steamy shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah. <laughs> one way to start. Happens a couple times on the book, too. So. Yeah. There's a... This is sort of... Actually, sort of on topic in a weird, interesting way. You know the phrase, you can't go home again? Yeah. Yes. Do you know what that actually comes from? No. Yeah. I actually, forget. It's a no. title of a book by... Tom, it's, not, it's Thomas Wolfe, not Tom Wolfe. Tom Wolfe is the New York writer. Thomas Wolfe was a writer, and he was raised in North Carolina. And he had written a book called Look, Look Homeward Angel, which basically talked about his parents ran a boarding house. And so he mm-hmm. had done slightly fictionalized versions of his hometown and the people who lived in his boarding house. And the people were really insulted by their depiction in a, in a national book. So he tries to come back home thinking that everyone's going to love him now that he's a big writer. And they're all fucking pissed off about it. And so then his next book was entitled "You Can You Can Never Go Home Again," because and this was like, well, okay, you you can never go home again if you t- air all the dirty laundry of your hometown. You know what I mean? So, but because it, it's a story that takes place in North Carolina, which is kind of one of those interesting things of kind of ties into this as well, where the the South will kind of be like, no, you let out all our dirty little secrets, you can go fuck yourself now, kind of thing, which is it's just kind of interesting. So, sure. But yeah, you, you've got this tight-knit community that chooses not to talk about its dirty laundry and where people in authority get looked the other way. And it's, I mean, this is a great classic example of the um, abuse that is allowed. I mean, don't have to look at very many headlines today to see um, examples of, well, how did this guy get away with it for so long? And this really paints a picture of just how it works is, oh, He's really good at this thing that we all like, so we'll ignore the other things. Yeah, he's really good at manipulating his his kids or his players or his students. <clears throat> yeah, he gets results, so we put up with it because he gets results. Well, and he mind fucks them enough that they still follow him even after they're out of school. Right. You know, and that's that's crazy. Well, and that's and, and you know, so I, I've spoke. I actually think in one of those episodes I spoke before about how growing up Southern Baptist, that mm-hmm. you know, I had my coach and everything for school was a pastor of the church who, you know, is now in jail for molesting kids. And when that broke, when I was in high school, it was after I'd left that school, that church. Mm-hmm. Uh, even then, there were we still had friends who were a part of it who were saying like, "Oh no, we shouldn't get the police involved. We should just discipline him within the church." Come to find out, that's what had happened his whole life until mm-hmm. he actually started out on the. I think he might have even met North Carolina, where. Most child molesters and most people who are doing horrible things like that, you know, they're they are repeat offenders. It's like a one-time mm-hmm. thing and it stops. Uh, but that was the idea of the church because they looked up to him so much and because he had been such a quote-unquote positive influence on their lives that their idea was okay. Well, we can just handle this within this. Like, well, no, he broke the law. Like, you don't get to sit back and be like, oh, well, we'll just we'll just you know we'll demote him or something. What, what like are that. you vigilantes taking the law into your own hands? That's kind of what it was, but it wasn't like they were going to do anything. They were just going to demote but, him or but fire just him. A little slap on the wrist or something. Well, it yeah, is. a lot of them forget slap on the dick. Well, you give up up under Caesar, which is Caesar's. Um, but basically, it's going it's like yeah, you've got your uh, religious thing you've got to hide to, but wherever laws of the land and the taxes, you pay the taxes, you follow the rules. It says if you fuck up here. You gotta answer for it. Yeah, but I, I can. So and people try to avoid that. But I can easily see how people in that kind of situation—not not so much even in this book, but another just in general—how they could react the way they do. And I know if it's a foreign concept to you, you've never been. Because even where I grew up now, it, mm-hmm. now it's a big it's a big city. But back when I was there, it was you know ten thousand people, and it was spread over you know hundreds of square miles. So. You know, I, I lived out in the middle of nowhere. It was a half-hour drive just to get to the city so you can go see the first McDonald's that went in. Wow. So I, I grew up in a really, on a farm in a really small town, so I get that. The whole, like, you know, the other coming in is scary and weird and freaky. It also kind of explains how most people who live in cities are more liberal and people who live in the country are more conservative because uh, you're constantly given... The other's always in your face because now you say, oh, look, there's a person of color, there's a gay person, there's mm-hmm. this and this. But... 
yeah, that, that actually resonated really strongly with me because I've been in a situation where like I was out of it to the point where I was like, no, screw that guy. He needs to go to jail. But the people who were still involved with it intimately just had that separate viewpoint because for them, it was like they're, you know, they, they built this person up on a pedestal and like to have him go to jail would have shattered their dreams and shattered their image of what they, not the person they believed in, but also the God they believed in. Right. I know this book isn't really religious, but that's just kind of where I saw it coming. No, but I mean, it is about small town, though. That's a big part of what this book is about. You know, I mean, is that that small town experience and that kind of thing? Yeah. You know. So, but that was my fun topic for the for the book. So. Okay. Well, do you have a cocktail for the book, sir? I do actually. So this one is mm-hmm. called Redneck Punch, <laughs> and the important thing to keep in mind: this does need to be served in a quart-sized mason jar. Very, very of course it does. So uh, it, it's pretty easy. You do one ounce of uh, white rum, one ounce of peach schnapps, one ounce of amaretto, one and a half cups of cranberry juice. Uh, go ahead and stir it all together. Uh, go ahead and add ice to the brim and then top it off with one cup of lemon lime flavored soda, uh, preferably something off brand from like a Winco or Walmart. Okay. That sounds good. Though. And then you got your red deck punch. That sounds good. I'd drink that shit. Okay. Well, Mr. Todd, what is your. Uh cocktail well mine's more of a shandy than a cocktail and what shandy basically means you're adding lemonade to beer Mm -hmm. and so that's your thing of a shandy so um this is called the full moon but it sounds nice and great because lemonade and whatnot is quite the southern thing too so it's six ounces of mike's hard lemonade six ounces of blue moon and you place the hard lemonade in a tall chilled glass without ice, top with blue moon beer, and garnish with an orange wheel. And enjoy. So it actually sounds For all great. you non fancy folks, an orange wheel is a slice of orange. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, it has a little slice in it, so you so can you have it on the brim. I don't brim. know, that might be too fancy. You might want to just float it on top. Well, we Show can, but it's like we're going to the big city of Savannah, so we can get ready for that. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Mine, I'm calling the Run and Rebs. Uh, this is actually an LSU cocktail, but I'm changing it to a Run and Rebs. I would look at them football cocktails. Uh, it's two ounces of vodka, a handful of blueberries, one pinch of sugar, and 12 ounces of lemonade. Uh, you add the vodka, blueberries, and sugar to the bottom of the glass, and you use a spoon uh, to muddle. And it says or mash everything. Uh, it's a mash. It's the it's South. Mash it. Well, because muddle um, fancy word. Yeah. No. Uh, just until the sugar has dissolved and the blueberries are broken up. And then you add ice and lemonade and you stir to mix the vodka of blueberries up in with the lemonade. Uh, but it'll give you kind of a, a darker red, depending on how you do it, a red or a, uh, maybe a blue color. But yeah, I guess you could do it with raspberries and then, you know, you could make it a... You do it with razzleberries? Razzleberries. You could do it with a razzleberry. You wouldn't want to use a snozzberry. Razzleberries will make like it red, so you can have the running ribs. But yeah. You don't want a Razzle-dazzle. I, I enjoy snozzberries, but you as a straight man would not enjoy snozzberries. Really? I will take your word. So you guys know what a snozzberry is, right? No. No. So Roald Dahl in a future book, a snozzberry is, is his word he came up with for a cock. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. The snozzberries taste like snozzberries. Yeah, he was, it's, a, it's a cock. That's awesome. The more you know. Actually, look up look up Roald Dahl's history. He was a very oh, he was quite person. colorful. Yeah, he would, his his work in World War II was quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, he wrote for Playboy some too. Yeah, so the, the fact that a snozzberry would be a cock is pretty in line with who he is. So that's fair. Yeah, it totally changes um, Super Troopers beginning too. Do you remember uh, that? Bit? He takes the whole uh, bag of mushrooms because they're getting pulled over by the police. They just come over the border. Like so he ingests like an entire bag. Oh, yeah, bag, that's right, yeah. And he is just absolutely tripping balls. And he's like, candy bars. And just this blank, a far out look. And he says, the snozberries taste like snozberries. And then his buddy's like, so you ate all those shrooms. Um, I'm going to need my money from that. Yeah, exactly. You owe me. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck, man? Mr. Meyer, what is your cocktail? Uh, my cocktail is the Alabama Slamma. Uh, it's one ounce of Southern Comfort, one ounce mm-hmm. of Slow Gin, an ounce of Amaretto, two ounces of orange juice. Uh, add all the ingredients into a shaker with ice and shake the shit out of it. Strain it into a highball glass over fresh ice. Uh, and then garnish it with an orange wheel and a cherry and serve with a straw. Nice. I like the Alabama Slamma. Unless you're in California, then you don't get a straw. <laughs> that or is Starbucks from 2020. 
My question is, because Starbucks announced they're getting rid of the straw in 2020 or something like that. Yeah. How do the frappuccinos work? I, I get all the other drinks and working your way there, but if you basically have the shake, how well, the Well, the thing is, I think what it actually is, it's it's the plastic straws they're getting rid of. I think they're actually looking for like biode- biodegradable versions. We have some of them already. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like a soy straw type of video? Well, You've like seen a, like... I've, seen them, I've seen them paper as well. Um, like oh, like a, a cardboard straw? Yeah. It, it, it feels like plastic. It just it's if you right, well, for too long, it'll dissolve. Right. I've seen like soy um, plasticware cutlery before, so I wonder if that's how they're going to go. But yeah, so it's like a soy based, yeah, harder something thing. something more biodegradable kind of thing. Right. So not a bad idea, but yeah, we'll see how gotcha. it goes. Because I'm like, how in the world are you going to drink a shake without a straw? Well, you've seen the lids they have, right? Like a big mouth on them. Sure. Yeah. But you can like put a frappuccino upside down and it's not moving anywhere. I haven't had one either, so I, right. I couldn't tell you. So I love their Java chip. You can send me your check, Starbucks. Thank you. <laughs> Just a free lifetime supply of Java chip. Yeah. Starbucks. Do that. It becomes huge. They really, they really need the advertising. No one's really aware of, of Starbucks and the, the Java well, chip. They, well, between the sips and fizz and jerk, so, jerk off sodas. <laughs> and everything else there. There, I look at these and like, why are these so popular? Oh, it's Mormon Starbucks. Yeah, it is. It's a Mormon bar. Is uh, what it is. It's that's their Latin, word. It's Latter Day Saint Starbucks. <laughs> Mormon, please. Okay. Well, does anybody else have anything they want to discuss on this book? No, it's a pretty straightforward story. Read it. Read it. Yeah, yeah. you really. Yeah, it's, it's really good. good. I want and it continues to be good. Actually, I do want to. Say anything about the continuation of this? Sell it to us. So it's been a while since I've read it uh, beyond this, uh, but I know there's a, a big story that led up to the Homecoming game. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and then the story after that, or it might even be during the Homecoming game, is when Earl's daughter shows up. Hmm. She shows up a well. Did she finally get a town? I thought she got into town before the Homecoming game. It might be. Like I said, it's been a long time since I've read the uh, the stuff after this. Yeah, because she's the homecoming game. Mm-hmm. I re- I remember just reading recently, but I don't remember if that's in trade three or in trade four. I thought it was in trade four. I maybe think I'm I think it's in trade three. Okay, now I'm trying to remember what's in trade four. But I've really enjoyed it. Um, I after I read this, I marathoned the other ones, and then the the fourth one just barely came out, and so mm-hmm. I had that on my old. I picked that up, but I really enjoyed it as well. So I've had a really good time with it. So uh, cool. if if you like this book, I, I recommend the rest of them. It it stays consistent. Uh, the story goes some interesting places, and it has some interestingly shocking moments here and there. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, it it's it's it gets very soprano-like at, at times. I feel, but um, nice. I really enjoyed it. So, well, cool. Then we will roll into grades. Jamie, school is never a waste of time. Since we have 15 minutes until recess, please put down your pencils and stare at the front of the room. It's report card time. It's report card time. It's report card time. I'm so fucking fucked. God, please, no! 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 Uh, for for Mr. Aaron for writing, Adam, what is your grade? Uh, I'm gonna go with an A. I mean, the story is really well written. It's interesting. It drew me in. You really felt like these characters had depth. I mean, even, even the really like one-dimensional, like you know, on the football, he, you know, quarterback, I'm gonna beat the crap out of this guy. They all were individual and distinct. Uh, and again, it told a story that I could personally relate to in different ways, even though my situation in my life wasn't the same. The, the themes and everything kind of pulled through just fine and so I, I loved it I can't wait to read more yeah I mean I think part of it works because like even though we don't necessarily have that exact same experience we've all seen sort of I mean, it's obviously a heightened experience but we've all seen sort of similar things of teachers who get away with everything or whatever so uh, cool uh, Mr. Todd what is your grade for Mr. Aaron no I give it a B plus so it's um, it's a good story it's well executed I enjoy it thoroughly Oh, uh, Mr. Meyer. Uh, I'm there at an A as well, if you probably couldn't guess. Uh, this, this is one of my favorite books being put out. Uh, I wish I could say consistently being put out, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm at an A. 
And I'm going to probably go with an A minus. I still really like it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's good. And I've like my I wish maybe it was published a little more frequently, but that might also make it not as good. I don't know. So. It, it kind of makes it a little little more special when you get it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, cool. So uh, for art for Mr. Latour, uh, what is your grade, Mr. Todd? You know, I'm also going to give this a B plus. I think it goes along perfectly with the writing. It gets the tone across. It's fun. It's very um, deliberate and stylistically. I just love it. It's great. Cool. Uh, Mr. Adam. I'm going to go with the B. I, the art was very unique and interesting. It wasn't really my style. Uh, I didn't quite enjoy that as much as the writing, uh, but it's very... It The action scenes play out well, and it's a very... The art itself seems almost very violent. Like, the way it's written, it's very mm-hmm. like, harsh, and uh, uh-huh. there's no clean lines, and everything looks kind of more haggard. That's why I, I made my drinking game of, you know, yeah, these teenagers look like they're methed out 30-year-olds. But honestly, meth is a hell of a drug. So I'm sure if you're doing yeah. meth as a teenager, you're probably going to look like that. Uh, yeah. It wasn't my favorite part, but I it, it didn't detract from the story. I, it just it made it more... It, it just The harsh reality of the southern town was more apparent based by how it was drawn. Cool. Um, and Mr. Meyer? Uh, I'm at an A. Uh, I really like the rawness of the art, and mm-hmm. I don't. I, I don't think any other style of art would fit this book. Um, yeah, no. I, I you, you like you could feel the the dirtiness and the griminess and the awfulness of of this town uh, just through the art. So yeah, I'm giving it an A. Uh, and I'm also give it. Uh, I'll give it a B plus. Um, I think you can also tell from this book that uh, Jason Latour did live in the South and he has a lot of real world experiences and some emotions tied to the art that he's creating there. Um, you know, it's not somebody creating some sort of fictitious world that they're kind of making up off the top of their head. There's some real reality behind it. And I kind of, I mean, even though it's stylistic, there's a lot of reality to it. And I enjoy that. Uh, overall grade, uh, Mr. Maya. Uh, a, I can't say anything more about it. A, A, A. Uh, also, real quick though, I did look up. Uh, the first issue came out in 2014, so okay. and they've only hit 20 issues. So in you know 48 or so months, uh, yeah. we've gotten 20 issues. Yeah, uh, Mr. Adam, I'm gonna go with an A minus. Like I said, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. I want to go read more. Uh, I'm not, you know, I am kind of busy, so I probably want to hop out right now and get the next one. But it kept me entertained. It kept me interested. It was a fun story. Uh, the art's not my style, but again, it didn't trash from it, so I, I had a good time with it. Cool. And Mr. Todd? I'm going to give it an A-. minus. I mean, between the art and the writing, they really just sing together beautifully. It um, The story draws you in, the art keeps me going, and I just want more. So A-. minus. Cool. And uh, I'm going to go with an A- minus as well. Does anybody have any recommendations for uh, this week? I do. All right. Okay. Um, Dark Horse is... is the last few years, they've been putting out a bunch of uh, cool different art books for different things like Zelda and, and other stuff. Um, I just picked up the Metal Gear Solid num- uh, 1 through 4 art book. It's a, actually a two-book set. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's One book is basically like all concept art uh, from all the Metal Gear games except for the fifth one. And... Uh, the other book is basically like all storyboards and that sort of stuff. And it's uh, if, if you're into that sort of stuff or really like Metal Gear Solid, check it out. Cool. Uh, Mr. Todd. You know, if you enjoy reading Southern Bastards, um, something in a similar kind of vein spiritually in a lot of ways is 100 Bullets. It yeah. was by Brian Azzarello with art by Eduardo Russo, Rizzo. And it's um, also it's a finished run. So it's in what five collected trades now. Something uh, like that. Big ones, yeah. yeah the, it's the, like, big, it's yeah. like 13 individual trades. It's 16, I'm like on... 70 issues in total, I imagine. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, on, I'm on trade 8 right now myself. All right. But... So, but yeah, there's, let's say, 60 issues. It's yeah. uh, a lot of fun. It's really good. And if you like Southern Bastards, go check out 100 Bullets. Cool. Uh, Mr. Adam. So this is going to be random again, but as a video game, I so EA has a thing on the Xbox where you pay like so much a year and it's kind of like mm-hmm. the Netflix where you can download any game you want on their that they have to play for free as long as you have the subscription right. it's not like the other ones where you're streaming it it's actually you download it to your system and you're playing it last night I hadn't played it in forever and I never actually beat it the first time around but it was Dante's Inferno 
Mm-hmm. Those came out on the Xbox 360 and PS3. It was basically kind of a God of War clone, but you're mm-hmm. the story of Dante's Inferno going down into Death's Hell to, to save the soul of his, his dear wife Beatrice, or Beatrix, whatever her name was. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's definitely derivative of God of War, and it's not the best game out there, but if you like the gothic horror stuff and uh, you are a fan of any kind of uh, following demonology or religion, mm-hmm. uh, it's really, really cool. And you can kind of experience the Inferno without having to read you know, the whole whole canto by Dante back in the day so it was fun cool um and uh it was recommended to me by Adam and I uh I'm I am playing it a lot right now so I'm going to recommend it's way 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 after the fact so for some reason you've never played this game uh Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag it's my favorite uh, of the ass Creed games yeah so that's what I've been playing a lot recently um so, uh, in fact, actually, probably after we're done here, I'm either going to pop that in or I'm going to pop in a different game. But I'm staring at them right like, now. They're taunting me. Like, I love but, just uh, sailing around and, and having the sea shanties come up from the crew. Oh, yeah. I, what I've been doing a lot, because I've still been on Havana, I haven't gotten a whole ton of playing time in, is if I don't want to do anything, like, I just kind of want to wander around, I'll just wander around and try to sync up all the the, uh, uh, the, vantage the bird's eye view things. Yeah. Yeah, the vantage points, and then do the big jump of, uh, of you know, or, or try to chase down. Like, I have not caught one of the fucking messengers yet. Like, that's been oh. kicking my ass. But those little bastards. Like, I'll be going good, and then I'll make one little mistake, and then I'm like, I can't get that fucker. Like, or I'll get close to him, and I don't remember which button I have to hit to, to tackle the little bastard. So, anyway. But yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with that. So, uh, if you've never played it, I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Well, though, that will do it for us uh, this week. Next week, we are doing uh, a, another book that Maya has read, uh, uh, Ringside. Mr. Maya, what is Ringside all about? Uh, it's all about the Rassels. It's, uh, it deals with uh, kind of life behind the scenes in wrestling um, and, and kind of the, the politics that go on and, and deals with you know people that are past their prime that still hang around or in, in, you know, having to deal with their, their spot to new, younger talent. Uh, and, and yeah, it's... But you're saying wrestling isn't real? It's still real to me. <laughs> um, so I think that'll do it for this week. So next week, join us for Ringside. And uh, for any of those of you who Todd or I saw at Comic-Con, hey, it was nice to meet you. Cool. Uh, and for any of those of you who are listening to this as a first episode... We're horrible human beings. Welcome to the party. Yeah, that's uh, right. Drink, you <laughs> fucker. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, look, it's German porg. Remember when we killed all our listeners with a drinking game? I remember. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember. <laughs> yes. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater, and on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to funnybooksandfirewater.com for the most up-to-date information, as well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop, tip your bartender well, and stay hydrated.